Hey, welcome to Stop Killing Deals. In this outside perspective episode, we will be speaking about fungi and the mycorrhiza network. Those of you who like Star Trek know how we will be able to travel through space and time via this network in the future. With me today is Daniela Floss. Danny is the manager of the Rhizosphere research team at Valent Biosciences, the worldwide leader in the development, manufacturing, and commercialization of biorational products. Daniela has over 15 years of experience in basic and applied research on the most common symbiosis formed between plant roots and soil fungi. Let's dive into this very fascinating topic. So hi and uh, welcome, Danny, to Stop Killing Deals. Hi, George. Nice to have you on the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, we have a very interesting topic today. I can hardly pronounce the topic of mycorrhiza. <laughs> Uh, and it's about fungi, and you're the expert in this field. Let's start with asking you why. Why did you choose to study this field of fungi? You know, I from the beginning on, I mean, during my college time, I got interested in plant-microbe interactions. So, And I actually started out in the field of uh, pathogenic interactions. So I started a plant um, pathogen on corn. But then I... I wanted to focus on something else, something different. And that was the reason why I have chosen a plant mutualistic interaction. So I wanted to study something where both partners have a benefit, you know, uh -huh. the plant and the fungus. So, and that actually brought me into the field of doing mycorrhizal research. Very interesting. And what for us in the unknown here, what is mycorrhiza? It's a strange word, but what, what does it mean? What is it and why is it beneficial for? both plants and fungi? I mean, when you actually look at the word, it actually has two words. It means, I mean, mycos my, means fungus, and then rhizos root. So it would mean fungus root. So basically, and that I might explain it in the best way. So actually, that's an interaction. So I'm going to want to focus on one, on the most common mycorrhiza, which 7 to 80% of all land plants can form, then their roots can form that interaction with soil-borne fungi. So these fungi actually colonize the root. So therefore, the word also fungus root. To, to describe what this process does, what, what, why does the fungi uh, connect with, with the roots of the plants? Actually, before that happens, so plants they grow in different en environmental conditions. You know, for instance, when a plant is starved on nutrients, you know, the plant can adapt to that situation. And one possibility is the plant root can secrete um, certain molecules and the fungus will recognize these molecules. It's like when two people talk to each other, you know, I mean, they have that dialogue, you know, which is just happening with molecules, you know, so basically the plant root um, excretes these molecules. And if the fungus, in that case, a fungus spore, you know, that's just a organ where the fungus can survive within the soil. Um, if the spore senses these molecules, you know, a spore started to germinate, which means it makes a little hyphae mm -hmm. and then can colonize the plant. So 
the fungus secretes molecules that the plant is recognizing, okay, that's a friend. So they talk oh. to each other because the plant needs to let that friend in and not yeah. like pathogen starts a reaction where it's actually defending this, um, right. this fungal hyphae. So, I mean, it's a complicated, it's just talking to each other. They recognize each other and yeah. then um, the fungus can grow in. But this happens um, under condition where the plants are starved on nutrients, okay. for instance, or where there are drought conditions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the hyphae you mentioned, that is the sort of the thread. That we, That's like a, th yeah. If uh, us uh, amateurs would probably call it the thread. Yeah. <laughs> Or, yes. or kind of a, the yes. root of the. I, I'm no. I'm. I know that I'm not using the right words, but it's basically what we as amateurs, I, I guess, would see as the the root system of of the uh, of the fungi. Yeah, you can see it like that. Yes. Yes. However, but it has to not, build. Yeah, it's very fine. It's very. I mean, it's very tiny. I mean, as an expert, you can see. I mean, some you don't see with your. Eyes, I mean, by your eyes, you need to look under a stereo microscope, you know, to make it actually bigger. You know, I mean, some very thick one you could potentially see, but it's hard. I mean, okay. you wouldn't, yeah. So, like, how how much uh, thinner than a, a human hair would would one of those hyphae be? I mean, some could be like a, a human hair. The thicker the runner hyphae, I think they mm -hmm. can. Mm. So very fine. Right. And, and when the, uh, the plant allows the hyphae to, to connect to its roots, what, what, what then happens? What, what do they interchange? How do they help each other out? So, I mean, after, let's call it after a successful interaction and the fungus can then actually grow within the root. So they exchange nutrients. So the fungus depends on um, carbon from the plant. 100 percent mm -hmm. you know and um the plant kind of delivers that carbon to the fungus in exchange of for instance phos phosphate or mm -hmm. nitrogen so these are two nutrients what the fungus can provide to the plant okay. there are others too but these are the i think some of the best studies ones and when did we as humans start to understand this process and the importance of it when we start to understand, I mean, a lot of this mechanistic understanding, I would say, started maybe in the nine, uh, the, the fully understanding in the 1980s. You know, I mean, people, vis I mean, visually, they could see that. I think yeah. in, in the 1890s, I think that was the first time when they, or even a little bit earlier, where they could see, okay, there's something, something living or something additional inside the root, you know, and then they tried to, of course, identify what it is. They try to culture that fungus, which also makes it difficult because you can only culture these fungi um, when there is a living um, host root. I, I have to say not only one because recently there were also studies showing there are some um, circumstances where you can also culture them without the roots. But I mean, I would say two years ago, three years ago, the big impression was it's only happening when roots are there. So it was hard to culture that fungus and identify the fungus. A lot of things was just visually and all the mechanistic work picked up in there with the phosphate transport. And a lot of these was published 
the details or the beginning of the details around 2000. So it's pretty new that people starting actually investigating or mechanistically investigating this um, this um, interaction. And a lot of these mechanis mechanisms are still unknown. So do you think it's partly because it's it's sort of out of sight? This is all happening underground. Is that why? Is that why we haven't inspected this more thoroughly in the past? Yes, I think that's with a lot of research. What brings us to the roots, or then the soil surrounding the roots? Yes, because we have to dig, yes. you know. And a lot of right now in the field of technologies goes into make that understanding easier. You know what's happening actually in the ground, yeah. Also the whole microbiome, so that all the, the microbes living around the root. I mean, that a breakthrough was in 2010, 2012, you know. So far behind of what we know in the human gut, you know. This is pioneering, but then we are a little bit behind. But it's mostly because you have to dig and there's the soil and yes. Interesting. And and what what made you so fascinated? Why are you so fascinating about this, about fungi, and this whole field of study that you are in? I grew up on a farm, and I mean, I think we should focus on sustainable agriculture for yeah. the future on that planet. And that I mean, with um, I think that's what we are now switching to. I mean, people especially min millennials, they look more what they buy, you know, to also make sure that we can um, provide an earth or a living and food for our kids, you know, and yeah. we need to feed a huge population in the future. And avascular mycorrhizal fungi, I think that's a way how we can do that. It provides benefits for the plant, let a plant grow better under certain circumstances, but it also um, provides benefit for the soil. What is also interesting for the future, because the plants need to grow on a good and healthy soil to get all the yield what we need to mm. feed um, our growing population. I mean, have, have we sabotaged yeah. the soil? Yes, we have. We have that. Yes, yes. The management systems, what we used, yeah, we have that. And I mean, research is there's evidence that mycorrhizal fungi can uh, improve soil health. That is super interesting. And and when you speak to amateurs <laughs> about fungi, what, what what would you say is the sort of number one misconception or or mistake people make when they think about fungi? I, maybe not mistake is know, relevant, but, but misconception maybe. <laughs> mis I think maybe a lot of people think they are pathogenic. You know, when you talk to people, which yeah. mycorrhizal fungi are not, right. you know, they, I mean, they depend. I mean, as I said, there's that um, mutualistic exchange of nutrients. There's There are some data out there showing that also if it can be also detrimental for a plant if symbiosis is out of balance, mm -hmm. you know. So there is, and we need to understand that more why that is mechanistically, but in general, this symbiosis is, is beneficial for a plant. When I was studying this or researching this topic, I realized that as a uh, science fiction fan, uh, that Star Trek has used fungi. <laughs> Do you know that they have taken uh, an, uh, the mycelial network and that's how they transport their spaceship through 
through the universe? Did you know? No, I didn't know. But that's kind of, I mean, you know, that's that's also interesting. Mycorrhizal fungi, so they built that net in yeah. the soil, you know, mm -hmm. after successfully colonizing and they exchange the, the nutrients and the fungus gets the carbon uh, from the plant. The fungus develops that network and there are data, you know, they can exchange um, like also signaling because they can connect to other plants. It's not right. like that it's only their plants. So this network can connect and they, they're, there are data showing that they can also exchange their molecules and maybe letting that other, like when one plant is infected uh, by some insects, you know, yeah. I mean, letting another plant know, hey, here are, here's some danger, you know, you are better get um, primed to um, resist or right. that um, insects, you know. So, I mean, there are data out there, yeah, so they can, actually the plants can then use this to communicate with each other. But really also on, yeah, and then also on this hyphae bacteria, like what you said, bacteria can attach to the hyphae, you know, and they can travel along that hyphae. So they can use that these hyphae, that hyphae net, actually also to, uh, like as roads in the soil. Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. So, the, so has, has this study helped you? Or have you been able to take this, the learnings from this and, and be, to better understand your world, your human world, human connections, human ways of working together in networks? And is that too far-fetched of a question, maybe? <laughs> no, I think, I think it's not. Because as I said at the beginning, it starts with a dialogue, you know? Mm -hmm. The plant and the fungus, they talk, like what we are doing right now. Right. You know, I mean, it starts there. Mm. And maybe it sounds a little bit funny, but also when you talk to Samyam from the beginning, I mean, it's very often that within the first, you shouldn't really do that, but within the first, first second, you figure out if you're going to be compatible with your talking partner or not, you know? And mm. that's kind of like also what the plant and the fungus do. I think... If you look deeper, if I think now deeper into that, I mean, there are a lot of parallels in life of like, like between plants, mycorrhizal fungi, and then us, you know, yeah. people talking together. And then also with the network, you know, building the, the mycorrhizal network, it's like someone like me building my professional network, you know, I mean, it's like on LinkedIn, see, you can connect now with everyone and... Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think there are a lot of parallels out there. Are there uh, examples where plants use this uh, mycelium network? Can I use that word instead of mycorrhiza network? Is do they? Yeah, mycelia, okay. yes, or hyphen um, network. Yeah, so that use that network to sort of steal. Uh, energy from it so could a plant connect to the network and extract nutrients without actually giving anything back yeah i think some orchids are doing that or yes those, yes those are yes. the bad boys of, of... That, i think <laughs> yes if i remember correctly yes i think yeah huh because I, I was thinking about the the humans and how how yes. how, how we sometimes some people uh, have a tendency to just extract and not not put put value back. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So orchids are the bad boys of the of the natural world. There. I, I oh. wouldn't. I wouldn't generalize it to all of the orchids. Right. Yeah. But if I remember correctly, there was an example I read about it that so they can, can do that. Can you then, uh, let's say you have a, a farm, because you mentioned yeah. agriculture, and, and you have a soil that is, is, has been um, used in a way that it's no longer very um, healthy. Could you, could you add mycorrhiza to that soil to make it better for the plants or the crops? Yes, you can. Yes, certainly you can do that. There are products out there um, selling, micro, um, companies out there selling mycorrhizal fungi. Yeah. I mean, mm. and that's where research is going. I mean, there's the one research, you know, focusing on the genetics of the plant, you know, trying to understand what the plants can be um, more beneficial or that this interaction can be more beneficial, you know, so, and this is helps then for breeding new um, varieties. So, and on the other side is, and that's, where my current career uh, works out is to um, work with mycorrhizal fungi to actually use these as an oculum and make it applicable for agriculture. Yeah, but yeah, you can do that. Oh, that's interesting. And and what has during your career and your studies, what have you found to be most sort of challenging in this field? Have you bumped into some real roadblocks or what's been most challenging? I mean, for me, and this was funny, I heard that in one of the meetings recently, work with um, mycorrhizal fungi takes time, at least with um, the um, symbiosis I work with. And that's right. I mean, it's it's time what you need to have. Right. So, But it's also sometimes, this I figured out during my, when I um, did my PhD, that some in that field, I was slower than in other fields of plant science because the resources were just not established at that point, which now got better. But also the fungus is, you cannot genetically um, modify the fungus currently. So that makes it also difficult to answer some basic questions. So, I mean, but which is also fascinating because there are so more so many opportunities in that area, you know, and I can see that in the next couple of years, we will learn way more about the interaction, what we know so far. So where is the this space going? Where, where are the most sort of funding uh, uh, to research um, being placed, so to speak? What's attracting research funding and interest? I think it's still... Um, this um, communication, this signaling at the very beginning. Okay. So we need to understand more. There are players known, but I think not everything is known. Mm -hmm. And then, for instance, also if you now they may have changed the textbook, but at the very, it was known, or everyone thought that the carbon that is exchanged between the plant and the fungus, these are sugars, which actually for a couple of years, three years ago, I think, or a little bit more, it turned out it's not only sugars, it's also lipids. So that was kind of a breakthrough too, which I think this was like, wow. Mm. And then um, I also think the future right now, there's a lot of interest in interdisciplinary research. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, 
looking like a little bit what you are doing, you know, not just having that tunnel blick and first focusing on that um, interaction, but also looking a little bit more outside what new technologies can be applied to actually understand other aspects, like the aspect of soil health. Right. So that's my personal, I mean, we're in the field right now, what I do so that this is what I think will be um, happening in the future. And there's not a lot of known how there are some correlations, but when it comes to soil health, we need to understand better how mycorrhizal fungi can improve that. And I think that's going to be one area in the future too, where we ex will expand our knowledge. So what is the uh, sort of reasoning behind learning more about this initial interaction between the, the fungi and the plant? to sort of, understand, I guess, understanding what makes them tick. <laughs> uh, what's this interest there particularly? Is, is it because we want to create or recreate that type of fungi? Or? I mean, you can think about maybe in that way, you know, if, if you know more about this initial process, you might get a better or a higher infection rate. So more attempts like that, not only one hyphae is trying to enter the root, but more. So, and then you can probably get a higher colonization. And then maybe the benefits, what the fungus give to the plants are better, you know? And for instance, when you think about phosphate, which is, I think it's one of the best studied um, nutrients that this um, symbiosis can exchange, you know, I mean, like phosphate is very critical for plants, you know, to increase yield, you know, or to get the yield. Yeah. Phosphate fertilizer are expensive because actually the um, material where the fertilizer is produced of, which is rock phosphate, we are running out. You can check right. the literature, you know, but I, it seems like in 100 years, we are really run out of that uh, rock phosphate. So what's, what do we then use to mm. put on the field? And phosphate is based on the soil, based on the mechanism of phosphate in the soil. So the plant, phosphate is not very mobile, you know, and plants have problems to take it up. It's not like it's in the soil solution easily. And Abascular mycorrhizal fungi can help to take up the phosphate from the soil, you know, because the root take the roots, they can only reach a certain area, you know, but yeah. these hyphae can grow beyond the root zone and can take off the phosphates. And you can see like if the plants are more amenable to that symbiosis, they may get then more phosphate from mm. that symbiosis. So, but that's not the only that's not the only benefit, but one of it. Right. But but could we as humans somehow influence that or just better understand how it works? That interaction. We're just trying to understand how it works, as I understand it. Because because it gives um like we could then breed for new varieties which right. are more amenable to that. Okay. Or we we probably understand by certain varieties don't show a lot of um, um, mycorrhizal colonization in the roots because it could be also, and some researchers investigated this, it could be also if breeding for this high yield varieties could actually negatively impacted 
micro-rise mm. colonization, you know. I mean, you still get a higher yield, but you don't have um, the mycorrhizal fungi then in the root. So, and I think if we go through a sustain towards a sustainable agriculture, it's good to understand that um, what makes that symbiosis actually better. Has there been uh, other applications beyond uh, besides agriculture where where we've learned that fungi can can help and mycorrhiza processes can help? I mean, yeah, it's not only you can also. I mean, there are products also for land restoration you know you can products then which you can actually then put there and usually that's a mixture of different mycorrhizal fungi you know there are also mycorrhizal fungi in then which colonizes like um trees mm -hmm. you know so yeah and then for land restoration yes and then also for like recreation like turf grass i mean that's there are it's not only for agricultural fields, of course, yeah. Also when you, I mean, for like flower plants, you know, if you want to have nice looking flower plants, you can have that too. It's it's really, it's broad, Yeah. the application, yeah. So even even for home use, there is a, yeah. an application for microwave. Yes, even for home use, yes. <laughs> That's fascinating. All right. So, uh, where would our listeners go if they want to learn more about this fascinating topic? Where would you advise them to go find out more information on this topic, and and more about you if they want to make contact? Um, I mean, for the, the mycorrhizal topic in general, you find a lot. Um, say, I mean, just if you put that term into um, Google, you get a lot of hits. There are some nice. There's a nice podcast out from Matthias Rilek's lab, which is not only on avascular mycorrhizal fungi, it's also on rhizos, other rhizosphere organisms or organisms who can live there. But that's, I like that podcast a lot. So just Google Matthias Rilek um, and you come to that podcast. Yeah, and when it comes to me, I mean, my LinkedIn site or then Valent Biosciences, that's the company I'm currently working with. Um, when you put that into Google, you can see more about soil health and avascular mycorrhizal fungi. All right, super. So thanks a lot, Danny, for this fascinating deep dive or, or shallow dive, maybe, <laughs> from your perspective uh, on, the, on this topic. I've learned a lot. I hope the listeners have, have learned a lot. And we will uh, then follow up with another episode to try to send look at how how can we in our profession sales profession uh learn from from uh, fungi and, and and plants and how they interact super interesting so thank you very much you're welcome i hope that was understandable <laughs> for you yeah and yeah, not too much. deep and you made a great job in trying, keeping this uh understandable for for us newbies to this topic okay thank you <laughs> thanks a lot and uh see you online Okay, thanks.